Hey guys, welcome to the Apparelli podcast uh, where we talk about travel stories, travel tips and anything that can get you out of the office and on the road. Today our guest is Hannah Lutis and uh, she's from an Instagram page called the Brisbane Girls Abroad. She's going to tell her stories around her travel experiences and hopefully share a tip or two as well. So let's get started. But um, yeah, no, I always wanted to go traveling. Like I made this list, I remember it's called Hannah and Maddie's Travel, who was like my best friend in year four. Mm. And it was pretty much all places from Harry Potter. So it was like Romania and Albania and like weird places that I don't even know it was there. But it was like Voldemort lived in that forest for a year. Really? <laughs> That's, That's really nerdy. Cool. No, <laughs> it's, it's so kind of cool. I went, I went to... Um, I went and saw the Hobbit huts the other uh, last year in New Zealand, and that was mm-hmm. pretty cool because I used to love Lord of the Rings when I was younger and to actually see yeah. it. And did you know that um, at, at, at the place where the Hobbit was filmed or at least part of it, there's, there's a massive tree in the background and um, it's actually fake. It, they, they built a tree to make, to make the shot look better, which I thought was pretty okay. interesting. Yeah. No, it's pretty cool. It was weird seeing a massive tree that looks so real, but it was actually fake. I actually struggled to believe it for a second. Cool, cool, cool. Hmm. So, like you say, you read all these books, and then and then you um, obviously decided to go travel. With this, with this mix of fantasy and reality. When you, when you visited these places, was it disappointing for you to see them in real life and know that they weren't necessarily what you thought they were or was it everything you had imagined? No, I feel like it actually, like, it didn't disappoint. Like, you'd go to England and you'd walk around the parks and there'd be squirrels and you'd kind of feel like you're in a storybook because squirrels don't exist here but, like, in your books they did and like in I don't know it felt like it often felt like stepping into a movie when you'd go traveling and I think that was part of what was like kind of exciting like it felt like you weren't really in the real world yeah that's pretty cool I actually that sounds really nice I've always wanted I've never actually seen a squirrel in my whole what? life you're English though that's so weird you're missing well maybe out. I have then I don't know I might have seen one when I was a kid but I definitely don't have a recollection of it I remember, I remember like snowboarding, I mean snow sledding in the snow, which was pretty fun. Oh, that's so cool. I feel like that's every kid's dream is to have like a snow day. I mm. feel like every, every time in Australia that it'd be like, oh, it's good. You know how they always have those weather reports where they're like, oh, yeah, it's the coldest winter in 100 years, like every year. Mm. And then you're like, oh, mum, maybe it'll snow this year and she'd always laugh at you. Mm. Well, no, because I lived in England. Well, I lived in. Uh, it was in the. It was in Portsmouth, and um, it, I just remember it. There must have been a month where it snowed, and everyone in the neighbourhood would just do like snowball fights, and then we did bobsledding, and I crashed into a tree with my dad. I also <laughs> fell out of a tree at one stage, <laughs> um, but I do remember it as as a as a good memory, and that it was. Yeah, I feel lucky to be able to experience that for sure. But yeah, also at the same time, I do feel like 
living in Australia and having the warmth that we have and the weather that we have is also pretty incredible. No, I feel like it's like every Australian kid's dream or like especially every Queensland kid is to like get a snow day where it's like, I don't know, that happens in all the American movies where it's too snowy and you can't go to school. (laughs) Seriously, yeah. I'm going to Tasmania in like a month's time and I actually can't wait because I'm going to go to um, Cradle Mountain and it looks, I haven't obviously been there yet, but based on my research, it looks pretty amazing and I'm pretty excited. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I haven't seen, well, actually I saw snow like a week ago. I mean, a a year ago, but um, Uh. when I went to New Zealand, but I never ended up being able to go snowboarding or anything. And I'm thinking I'm going to try and do a little bit of that awesome on a little holiday. But yeah. Um, enough about me. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, um, <laughs> savage. Um, what? What was your favorite place? You mentioned Hong Kong previously, but is it? Like that that was more of a memory. Do you have an actual favorite place that you like? Uh, it's really hard to pick. I've liked every like I've pretty much loved everywhere that I've been. Like mm-hmm. I could tell you my least favorite places easier than my favorite. Yeah. Um I don't know. I have I have a lot of really good memories and I think it kind of depends on who you're with as well like yeah yeah, Hong Kong like we spent Jai and I spent 24 hours in Hong Kong that were probably some of the best of my life but then I also feel like as a country I really like Croatia I think it's really it's really beautiful it's um like it has a really good mix of kind of like I don't know, it has, in my eyes, it has a good mix of, like, every kind of natural beauty. Like, it has really cool mountains that are rocky and, like, really, like, epic. But then it also has amazing, beautiful beaches that are, you know, like, the most turquoise waters. It has amazing waterfalls. So I really, um, I've spent, I've been to, where am I talking about? (laughs) I've been to Croatia twice (laughs) and spent probably, like, two to three weeks there in total and like I did a sail down and then drove back up so kind of explored it pretty well and I really really liked it no well that's pretty interesting I actually don't really hear people say Croatia that much so really I'm just oblivious to it but uh, I think you're oblivious everyone goes to Croatia (laughs) really I don't know how I've never experienced that yeah, it's like it got really popular like oh, a few years ago and yeah. it's like the place to do a sale. Well, I have no doubt that it's a nice place. I have seen, you know, imagery online but I've obviously never been there. But it definitely looks pretty amazing. As long as you don't mind me sharing this, you're obviously a uni student and – um, with being a uni student, it, it can obviously be difficult to save as much money as to, as if to say you're working full time. So yeah. I think a lot of people tend to think that if they're at uni or if they're not necessarily working full time or if they, you know, if they don't have a high income, then travel isn't possible for them. But 
um, we've had previous conversations in the past about how um, you managed to save up to go on these trips. Could you perhaps talk about that a little bit more and some of the some of the methods that you took towards um, making your goals happen? Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I'm not a rich girl. <laughs> we both know this. Um, I'm pretty poor most of my life. Yeah. Um, I just think if you, like, if you want to go traveling and if you're not working full time, it's actually the best time to, to do it actually because yeah. having to ask for time off, like, you know, as a casual worker, I kind of just tell my boss, like, oh, I'm going on holidays. Is that okay? Too bad if it's not because I've already booked my flights. Um, you know, it's a lot easier as a uni student. Like, I have so many, so, blah, blah, blah. I have so much holiday time as a uni student that I'll never have again in my life. So it's like really the best time to be going on trips. Um, I think as far as like saving and stuff, I think it's not that hard. It's really just like prioritizing, like what do you value? Would you rather go on a trip or would you rather like buy that pair of jeans that you don't need or that dress that you don't need? Like I think, and the thing is, I think people go, oh, you know, a trip's a thousand dollars. This dress is 50 like it's not the same like but I feel like sometimes you just got to book the trip and figure it out for one thing like if you want to go on a trip just book it like don't wait for things to be perfect because things will never be perfect like your circumstances will never be perfect like just book the trip and then if you're like me really stress about it until you go on it and then have the best time on your trip um but I think if, as far as, like, saving, if things like literally so many people that I know will buy, like, a coffee or two coffees every single day and, like, yeah, it's not a coffee is, like, $5, but that really adds up. Like, I don't know, use the instant coffee that's at your work. Make yourself a coffee at home before you go to work. Things like buying your lunch every day is like a ridiculous waste of money. You can make your own lunch for $2 or you can spend like $15 on lunch at work every day. Um, Mm. And like, it sounds stupid, but things like that are what allow, like, I don't know. That's where I save my money. Like I don't spend money on things that aren't necessary. Um, And like, you'll find that if you save on those little things, you actually end up having so much more money to be able to spend on like good things like traveling. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it might be four or $5, but you times that by 365 and then it adds yeah. up, you know, that yeah, like exactly. that money in itself, if, if you are disciplined enough. And obviously, you know, if you're going out for a coffee with your friends or something, don't enjoy the coffee and, use it sparingly it's not like you can't have a coffee any day at all yeah it just means it just means prioritizing when it's important to you like say for example exactly. mo- monday to friday you're at work and, and and you've got this monday in task or, or even if you're just at uni or something you might say okay during the more let's say boring times 
of your life, or, or it might not be boring to you, but let's say a little bit more mundane, then you can focus on on really trying to maximize your output and minimize any expenditure that you yeah. have. And then that way, when you when you're doing the things that you actually really want to do, like if you going for an overseas trip or even if you're going camping for the weekend or you've got like a say say your friend's getting married or something and you really want to spend a little bit more on drinks there then then you can it's just picking and choosing out I completely agree with you yeah definitely like I mean I think and I I used to be a lot better at it than I am now like now I'll like splurge a bit more and I'll treat myself you know as I get a bit older and I like I do work more like I think when I initially booked a trip to Europe I think I was working like 15 hours a week and I honestly don't actually understand how I saved I probably did some stupid things that I wouldn't advise people like got credit cards and ended up borrowing money off my mom um like I'm not all smart money money saving tips but I think people feel like I know that I find it really easy to like you know if I'm at work be like oh I deserve that coffee I deserve that donut I deserve that like yummy lunch that's fifteen dollars and it's like no just eat like the salad that you brought just drink that instant coffee that costs you nothing like just do those little things and like it actually does really enable you to be able to do a lot better things with your life. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Is there um, any tips that you would you would give to someone whilst they're on holiday? Like, for example, I've just booked my Tasmania trip, and mm-hmm. initially, I was actually um, I was actually against afterpay. Um, because I was like, oh, no, if you don't pay it, then you get interest, blah, blah, blah. Um, But as long as you do pay it on time, it kind of makes it a little bit easier for like with me. Oh, my God. Afterpay is my best friend. I'm just going to put that right out there. uh, As long as you use it wisely, this is not financial advice, guys, just so you know. Um, (laughs) But like, for example, I'm trying to save for a house, and, and try and make some smarter investments. And I'm also um, working on some other things as well that obviously require cash. It's not like all of my money goes to travel. And I yeah. think if you can associate a certain percentage of your income towards that goal, then you can work away and chip away at it. Initially, I yeah. had it in my mind that you'd have to save up this large sum of money and then you would go on your trip. But it's not always the case. Like for me with this Tasmania trip, I saved, I think, it's either 10 or 20. It, no, it's 10% of my income. And yeah. that basically just adds up over the weeks. And initially, I had already spent money on certain travel um, expenses so obviously it was low but what I did was I after paid a flight because it was discounted and then I um, paid it off as I went so that now so now I've basically paid off my flight with my weekly um, savings it didn't cost me any interest and then um, now all I have to do is pay for the accommodation and, and things like that so it's a little bit like 
it's not cheaper, but it feels like it was a little it's bit more that. achievable. And, and, and the money is almost like set in stone. So you can't go and – as long as you're disciplined about it, you can't go and spend that money on something that, that might disrupt your goals, if you know what I mean, because it's almost locked in. So if there's a pair of jeans and, you, and you're thinking about spending that travel money that you've, that you've um, saved – then, then you can't because it's really locked in. So it kind of helps you stay on track with your goals, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Are you asking me a question? Um, no, not really. I was just stay- <laughs> I was I was kind of agreeing with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like con- convert, but converting to afterpay with me. Yeah, we're, we're both afterpay <laughs> advocates as long as you use it usually. I'm, I'm obsessed with afterpay. <laughs> I think as long as you, like, want, like, you can't afterpay too many things at once and you have to kind of nah. keep track and make sure I don't sure really that, ever like, afterpay anything more than once or twice, to be honest. Look, at the moment I have three different things sitting in my afterpay, <laughs> but... But and I feel like you have to be like, okay, you know, I've got $300 worth of afterpay coming out of Fortnite. Can I afford that? Like, don't just keep afterpaying and not look at it because eventually you're going to have to pay that. And if you can't afford it, then you're like, fuck. And then that's when it creeps up on you and that's when it can be yeah. a bad thing. And that's when you get interest yeah. and, you know, you're spending your money on something that doesn't really bring any value to your life. So it's not worth it. But if, if you're smart about it, then it's good. Yes. Mm. So you mentioned earlier that you could uh, list some of your least favorite places. Do you <laughs> want to start with one and, and we'll go from there? Um, not, like, not necessarily my least favorite places, but I feel like, uh, no, they are my least favorite places. <laughs> so <laughs> well, far, right? Yeah, well, hopefully. Yeah, well, I'm hoping I don't have any more. Not that I had bad travel experiences. Every travel experience that I've had, I've loved, like, some element of it. Um, one place that it's not, like, a bad place, mm-hmm. but it's more just, like, nothing that interesting happened there um, was Oh, and that's actually a lie. Some interesting things happened in Barcelona. And I feel like Barcelona is one of my, like, just meh is how I feel about Barcelona. Yeah, which I know, like, I've heard lots of people say how much they love it. But to me, yeah, it was just a bit meh. Like, nothing about Barcelona was that interesting. And I don't know, maybe I just went to too many, like, touristy spots rather than like unearthing real Barcelona but I don't know I just feel like the city itself is not it's like pretty I just feel like Barcelona is an underwhelming place Um, I've been there twice the first time I went I had a really drunk fun night so like I shouldn't complain too much um there's then I also paid like 50 euros to get into a club and got kicked out five minutes later. That wasn't fun. Um, and then... The Are you going to share time, why? <laughs> well, I... Oh, I uh, <laughs> no, I didn't get kicked out of the club. I like followed this person out of the club thinking that we would be able to just walk straight back in. And then they were like, 
no, you can't come back in. You have to go to the front door. And then we went to the front door and they were like, where's your stamp? And we're like, you never stamped us. And they were like, well, that's not our problem. You can't come back in. And we were like, actually, I think it was like 60 euros was the entry. And we were like, we literally just paid. So like essentially like $100 to get into this fucking club and you're not going to let us back in. And Mm. it was a really angry night (laughs) to say the least. Yeah, that's Um, pretty annoying. Yeah. But then I went back to Barcelona a second time. Um, So that was like when I went with one of that, that time is when I did a Euro trip around like Italy, Spain and France with Sarah, one of my friends. And then I went back the next year and started in Barcelona and we did like Ibiza, Croatia and Greece that year. Um, mm-hmm. And Barcelona was the first stop. And I feel like the most memorable time in Barcelona was when we were, like, out of Barcelona. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just there's nothing that special about it in my eyes. But then I know other people really love it. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard, like, conflicting things as well. So um, one of my friends, he went to Barcelona and he said that it was his favorite place that he's ever visited. So it is interesting that there's conflicting views. I think it just goes to show that um, you shouldn't always necessarily take on what people say about a country. And I think sometimes it's good to go and experience it yourself because we are all different and we all enjoy different things. Like you, you and I have both spoken about how you quite like the idea of living um, on acreage or in England or even just, you know, would you say kind of like a Byron Bay lifestyle or not necessarily in Byron Bay, Bay. but not in Byron Bay, but you know how there's, when you drive up towards Byron Bay, they've got all those nice. uh, The hills. Yeah, hills. Mm. Yeah, I feel like my dream life, like not just yet, I'm a bit too young to retire to the hills of a hinterland somewhere but I feel like my dream life is like having a really nice house like with big land like I don't know having a space for my kids to like run around and by the ocean but on a hill yeah so you've done a fair how many countries do you think you've been to quickly actually just so I don't think it's like that many. I've been to a lot of places twice. Like I've revisited quite a few countries. Why did you revisit them instead of going to a different one? Just out of curiosity. Um, Well, like, for example, when I moved to England, the very first place I like went on a trip to while I lived there was Rome. Yep. Um, And then, but I only went to like Rome and then like, just out of Rome and I spent like I spent like a week there and then my friend and I did like a couple of years later we did like a trip to Italy mm. and like explored a lot more of Italy and to be honest I actually really want to go back to Italy because I really like it yeah. um you know I've been like I've been to like the same country a few times but not necessarily like the same city and like it just depends who you're with sometimes you're like like I've been to Santorini twice like I went there once um 
when I just before I left living in the UK and then I went back with my friends because it's like you can't really go to Greece and not go to Santorini Mm. like I feel like often you've got to like bend your plans to whoever you're traveling with and if they want to go somewhere that you've already been like you know sometimes you just do it especially when it's somewhere amazing so like well country's a big place right (laughs) there's always more to explore yes yeah cool well that's pretty when you go on these trips do you (laughs) decide to spend more money on nice accommodation how do you get around uh like how do you do you spend more money whilst you're on holiday or are you still budget conscious um it really depends it depends where you're going I feel like my trips have evolved a lot as I've got older like I feel like I used to be a really poor uni student going on trips now I'm like a semi-poor uni student going on trips like I used to budget really hard and be like I used to sleep in hostels and I used to you know catch the I went on bus about trips around Europe now I'd probably hire a car and like stay in a shitty hotel or like I'd probably try and get some Instagram deals to be honest and stay in nice hotels so one of the things that you've um accomplished whilst whilst you've been doing all this traveling and and even at home uh in Australia you've actually built up an Instagram following. Could you walk us through um, how and why that started? Um, Like the Instagram? Yeah, like what what prompted you to create Brisbane Girls Abroad? Um, Well, obviously Brisbane Girls Abroad is not just me. It's my best friend, Jai, and I. Um, and I feel like, you know, we were always really obsessed. Like I've always loved taking photos. Like I feel like I used to, as a kid, put makeup on and make my mum take a million photos of me around the yard. And, you know, it was like, this is, makes me sound like I'm like a hundred, but it would be like film cameras that should have like those films that you'd have to get developed. So she'd be like, we can't take too many because it will waste the the film um back before you could take like a million photos in a go and think nothing of it um oh my god I sound like I'm 100 um <laughs> so yeah I've always really liked like taking photos I feel like I probably wanted to be like a model when I was in year seven like I don't know but I've always enjoyed doing like you know making like setting up creative photo shoots doing things like that um I always, whenever I'd travel, I'd always want to take nice photos. I don't know. I feel like sometimes, like, I know I know people are always like, oh, you know, you with influencers and things these days, like people don't just enjoy the moment. They're all like so busy, you know, trying to take a photo of the moment. But I feel like sometimes it's like, have you ever had that feeling where there's something just so amazing or so pretty in front of you and you just feel like you need to capture it to keep it forever? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe everyone has that feeling. But that's how I feel. Well, and actually, we, we kind of spoke about this um, 
when we weren't on the podcast. And and there's I think there's like two ways to look at it. You can either really enjoy the moment and be present in it, or you can you can enjoy the moment and be present in it by capturing it. I think if you're yeah. if you're truly a photographer or a videographer or something like that, as as we both have experience in, you, you kind of it almost enhances the fact. Like when you get a great yeah. shot of a place and then you stare at it whilst whilst you're also looking at this image that you've just captured, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, like sometimes it feels like it's not enough just to sit and enjoy it. Like you need to do something about it. Um, you want to remember it. Yeah, and like that's how I've always felt. Like I always, you know, you want to, like I've always enjoyed doing photography. I don't know if I've necessarily always been very good at it. Um, and, you know, you always, you look at people like Gypsy Lust and um, I remember back in the day it was like Tula Vintage who had these really beautiful pages with really beautiful pictures and you just wanted to recreate their pictures. And, you know, I feel like I'd go travelling and I'd try and take really nice photos and um, Jai, my, who is also the other Brisbane girl abroad, mm-hmm. um, you know, we would, like, we were obsessed with these people. Like, we would have such a vested interest in their life. Um, and, you know, I feel like we, for a really long time, we talked about how we both just wanted to be like, ah, oh, we just want to make a travel blog. But I feel like we were both a bit too, like, you know, we don't want to look like these tryhards trying to start a travel blog, like, on our own. And to be fair, I actually was kind of being a tryhard on my own Instagram. Like, I was using the hashtags, like, trying to get the likes, trying to get the follows. And then one day we – I remember it was really, like, it's a really clear moment in my mind. So I think it was, like, it was potentially like the Eka school holidays mm-hmm. and we were at – O'Reilly's National Park and we were walking around like you know taking photos at waterfalls because that's what we did on our like free days and we were like you know what we should just do it together and I feel like we'd both been thinking for ages like we should just try and like make an Instagram and like be travel bloggers and we'd both been thinking it for ages but I feel like we're both a bit too nervous to say it and then we're like okay what should we do? What should we call it? And it kind of just started from there. Um, you know, I think Jai already had like another Instagram that was like, I don't know when she wanted to get it. No, I don't know if I'll say that. Um, she had a spare Instagram account and like we started just posting like, you know, resharing really nice photos on that getting people to like follow us and back in the day like I feel like we kind of started our Instagram just at like the end of the right time if that makes sense like if we had have started it a bit earlier I think we could have made it a lot bigger mm. but if we had have started it later I don't think we would have like got off the ground as much as we did um yeah, you know, back in the day, you used to, like, follow and like people's stuff. They used to just follow you back and it was fine. And then people kind of, like, caught on to that sort of methods and people, you know, Instagram, all of a sudden every single person in the world wanted to be an Instagram influencer. 
and mm. like every page is the same. So it became a lot harder to break into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's our story. <laughs> cool. Would you thought, okay. So you've obviously done what a lot of people wish they could do. Do you think. I wouldn't say that I'm like there yet, but. No, like, but you've still, you know, done all right for yourself and you've mm. built following and, and, and you um, have people sponsor your content every now and then. So, like, you yeah. know, there's, there's income coming from it. So, obviously, you're doing okay. There's a lot of people that have Instagrams that don't get income. Um, yeah. what, what would be your one piece of advice to, to, to say, like, just picture there's like a 20 to 25 year old who's listening to this podcast right now. What, what would you recommend that they do if they were thinking of doing something like that? How, how, how would you recommend Uh, starting? I actually don't have good advice for this. I actually don't recommend starting an Instagram now. (laughs) Why? I think like I, as I said, when we started it and we started it probably like four or five years ago, I feel like it was just at the end of when it was a good time to have, to try becoming an Instagram influencer. I think that if you start it now, like I don't, like, I don't know, like I don't. It's a lot harder. Yeah. It's a lot harder now to do it. But it's not impossible. I would probably say you'd be better off doing something like TikTok, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Like, but it depends on your audience too. Like, Yeah. There are definitely 20 to 25-year-olds there. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if, you, if you're creating content and it is, even if it is for a younger audience, like if you're passionate about what you're posting and it's, and it's a, another form of income for you, then... Like it helps you travel more. You get to experience things in 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 an enhanced way because you're actually doing what you enjoy. So yeah, at the same like a hundred percent, like it is possible, and I'm sure I'm sure it probably is possible to break into the Instagram market at this late stage. But I think it's a lot harder than what a lot of people think it is, and like it's a lot of work. Yeah, like it's not just like, and I mean, our style is quite different. Like I know there are plenty of girls who get by just on being hot and like posting photos of themselves in a bikini. And like, like if that's what works. <laughs> My bikini pics go off. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> if like, and I mean... I forgot you completely threw me off. Sorry. I'm gone. Um, are you picturing me in a bikini? Yeah, it's really like hard to think of anything else now. You're welcome. <laughs> Going to keep me up at night, that image. Um, whoops, that was my wine glass. Um, yeah, I mean, like there's plenty of girls who do just kind of, and I don't know, maybe I'm, minimizing their experience or whatever but i'm sure like there are plenty of girls who just get followers because they're hot and they have um photos in their bikinis but some of us 
are not that hot and don't take that many photos in our bikinis. So we've got to do other things. Um, and I mean, like it's hard to have like a travel-based account and not be able to travel that much. It's also like for us, like creating, like we very much only want to post quality photos. We want to post photos that are aesthetically pleasing. And I mean, some people do just post photos that are in front of their bedroom mirror and there are selfies. And that's obviously a lot easier to post than like the photo of me on the top of a mountain at sunrise, um, doing something glamorous and beautiful. Like, so, I mean, I guess it depends what you want to do, but, if you want to be a travel blogger, like that's hard. It's a lot of effort. It's not just like free hotel stays. It's like getting up at sunrise every morning and putting in a lot of hard work to get the right shots that you need, essentially. Yeah. So what do you mean? It's not – is it every morning though? Like or is it more – are you more so talking about when you're on holiday? well like that's the thing we don't do it enough for us Mm. to be growing like I feel like for us to be successfully growing it's like every weekend you're getting up at sunrise you're doing exciting things every weekend so that you then have that content to post through the week which isn't always manageable no Jai works full time I'm at uni and working almost full time so like it's actually not possible for us to do enough all the time Mm. yeah so I mean don't just think that like you can work your full-time job and then like be a travel influencer on the side and it's like a lot of people choose that over their jobs and if you want to have the security of having a job it's maybe not like necessarily a good idea yeah but that's just my opinion yeah no it makes sense um, I guess I would like to know more about your thoughts and feelings around your first trip. So if you're about to go on your first trip, you're younger or maybe you're older and you just haven't had the chance to travel yet or or you've just been busy, you know, getting a PhD or, or spending time with the family, whatever it is. Could you experience some of the emotions you felt when, when you left for your first big trip or, or, or perhaps when you went by yourself for the first time? Like what, yeah. what, what were you feeling? Why uh, did you have to battle any certain emotion or did it all come natural to you and was it just pure? My first trip, I actually moved the first time I ever went overseas was actually when I moved to the UK by myself. Um, so I'd never lived out of home. I'd never been overseas before. And I was just like, yep, yeah, moving to England. Um, bye. Um, what did you want to know? Sorry. <laughs> what about it? So I was curious to know about your emotions and and um, any feelings you had. Did you struggle leaving your family? Did it was it a scary thought to move somewhere that you've never been before? Um, 
you know, like having resources, um, friends, were you nervous about meeting new people? Like what kind of emotions were you feeling? I don't know. I feel like it all felt pretty surreal, to be honest. Mm. Like, um, like, I don't know. I remember feeling kind of like, oh, it didn't even feel real. Like, I didn't feel excited. I didn't feel sad. I just kind of felt like nothing because I feel like it didn't feel that real. But then I remember when I like, like, so yeah, I moved to London when I was like 20. And as I said, I'd never lived out of home, never been overseas before. Um, so like, yeah, I guess it was kind of scary, but I was pretty prepared. Like I paid, I'd paid for like my first two months of accommodation. And then I kind of like knew that I had to find a job. Um, Yeah, I don't know. And, like, being over there was just really exciting. And I think initially when I got there, I remember I, like, felt really jet-lagged and I remember feeling, like, I think I might have actually had really bad, like, hay fever in England. And I just remember telling my mum that I was, like, sick all the time and I didn't know what was wrong with me. But I think I was actually just allergic to England summer. Um, And... But I don't know, like, I remember just, like, yeah, there was there were definitely times when, like, it's all a bit overwhelming and you kind of miss your friends. But for the most part, I was just like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever done. Like, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's pretty interesting. I, I found it quite interesting when you said that you paid for two months' worth of rent. And I really felt a uh, thought like that if you are moving to a new place and you've got a little bit of excess cash, then it might be a good idea to pay for a few months worth of rent just to give you a little bit of peace of mind while you're there um, so that you don't necessarily, you know, like you're not in a new country and you constantly see your money going down. It's already paid for. You just have to basically pay for food and any other, like if you need a jumper or, or, you know, basic, resources depending on the weather but hopefully you've already got a jumper before you go but if you don't then you know (laughs) but it is interesting because four weeks worth of rent if you're paying like if you are going on a budget and you say you're spending like depends on what country you go to but let's let's say 150 bucks or to 200 you, you, you times that by eight, and then that's that's actually only sixteen hundred dollars as long as I got my math right there, um, which is relatively manageable depending on where you live. And then obviously you've got peace of mind, so it's kind of interesting that you said that. Yeah, well, I moved there and I did like a course, like so I knew that I wasn't going to be working initially, so mm. I like paid I paid for rent for the whole of my course. And to be fair. I feel like when I got there, I realized that I had paid way too much for my rent. I like paid for this really expensive student accommodation and Mm. it was like awful and like not awful, but like I remember I had like this like little single bed in this room and like all these other people were like constantly moving in and out and like you weren't allowed to have like people over at the house and like, one time they threw my shampoo out because I left it in the bathroom and yeah, 
I paid like way too much for this like shitty little room. But yeah, if there's any piece of advice that I've got on this podcast, is that you shouldn't stay at student accommodation, right? Just not yeah. a good idea. Unless, yeah. like, I don't know, if you're really young and you want to party a little bit and have some fun, then it's probably better. No, it wasn't even like proper student accommodation. It was just like a house that they like rented out as like a place for students to live and to be Mm. fair I like did make a friend while I lived there but most of the people were just like weird and stayed in their own rooms yeah which isn't always fun so thanks for coming on the podcast Hannah I really appreciate you um sharing your stories you obviously got some knowledgeable insights to share in regards to travel and I hope the audience got some value out of it today um and i hope you got some value out of it too so yeah thanks for coming along i appreciate it thanks for having me